it's time for another edition of Unlocked with Fox's Brock Hewitt. I'm Lance Taylor from the next round. It is on Disrupt the Media. Like, subscribe, as always, brought to you by our friends at Manscaped, where I'm holding the handyman right here to go to manscaped.com, put in that promo code UNLOCKED, and they're going to hook you up at checkout. I know you're waiting on your Manscaped. You're all over mm-hmm. the place, though. So where are you, Montana right now? Ooh, let's see. Where was I? I was in Montana for about 20 hours. Got to watch my girls ball out in their first little public scrimmage, which Lance is still surreal to me. It's fun to sit in the stands. Totally different as a high school parent than a college parent. You know, once Why is that? College, well, like high school, you know everybody. You've kind of grown up yeah. together. You do a lot of things together. And then you get to college and they're the asset of the university, right? And that coach, and you sit in the stands and you start listening to people. And I try to be pretty low profile. And, <laughs> and it's like, oh yeah, there's that Hewitt girl out of Colorado. You know, you know her sister, older sister, and I think her her dad, you know? And I'm just like, oh, this is pretty funny, man. So um, yeah, it, it just, they are, they're out there performing and entertaining. And then hopefully for the, and this year, their team should be pretty good. I think they got a chance to, to win the big sky and get to the tournament, which would be really, really fun. Well, I respect the fact that you're still so involved with everything that you do this time of year, being able to go see them. And I know you're uh, you love the state of Washington, but you got out of Seattle. You're in Denver now. Is there a chance one day you would relocate to a place like Montana? Because I've only been there one time. I took my daughter there for her 17th yeah. birthday and I'm in love with it and I've got to go back. I think so. You know, I think we're at this stage of life now with our girls in school and my wife and I got married right after college. I think my oldest has dreams of, of doing that. So kind of, you know, where they end up will probably play a bit of a role where where we will end up or at least in somewhat close proximity. So yep. we'll see. We're actually looking at a condo up there, you know, to just disclose all my fun personal family business. That's <laughs> the only thing I know how to do. So so hopefully that works out. So, you know, when Lance and your your daughter want to go out and watch Grizz play basketball, we'll have a, a room for you to stay and hang out and all that good stuff. I'm all about it. Okay, so we're going to start backwards because uh, we typically talk NFL on the back end. We talk college on the front end. Let's start with this. And it goes back to your Seahawks this past weekend. And I made the mistake of putting this massive oh, play, my man. NFL game of the year on this. I felt so good about Seattle. They do such a good job of going from the Pacific time zone yep. to the Eastern time zone and playing really good football. And I just felt coming off this bye, they were going to be fantastic. And they come out, first drive is incredible. They go up 7 nothing. Then Cincinnati goes down, and not that big mm-hmm. of a deal. But in the second half, they get four yep. first and goals, and they yep. translate that into three points. And I, I just couldn't be more frustrated because that Seattle team is so good. And I said this on the air on Monday. I told my uh, my co-host, I was like, they're better than Seattle. And they're like, oh, they're better than Cincinnati. And they're like, you think Seattle's better than Cincinnati? I'm like, mm-hmm. Seattle's a damn good team. I mean, really, really good. And yep. it was just like everything broke the wrong way. I will tell you, the offensive line with crossback I thought was going to be better. But the interior, he was getting pressured nonstop. He was. 47% of his snaps, he got pressured. And that's just not not a winning formula. The right tackle has been banged up. And, and he got hurt in the game and tried to just gut through it because it didn't really have anybody else at that time. You remember Jason Peters, future Hall of oh, Famer? Yeah. I think you're going to start to see him start to get in some of that mix. Either one of the guard spots, tackle spot. Uh, Abe Lucas, their stud rookie last year, still got an ailey knee. I think they're going to try to give him a few more weeks. So that was a that was a bummer because their defense, Lance, their defense is coming. I know that's a thing that Deion Sanders is trademarked in Boulder, so yeah. maybe I'll hey, get ding ding for saying that. But little, little buff action. There you go. Yep. Um, but got the shirt yeah. before Prime, by the way, just for the record. Very good. But they're rolling, man. Devin Witherspoon's real. Jamal uh, Adams back, loves to play. They. 
they it's for the first time for those of us that have watched every game and watched it closely and we're the flagship station of them in town and it's been it's been a good six seven years since you've seen this defense yeah, this kind of it. like yep we can impose our will we'll hit you we're unapologetic about it and got just a a, a swag to it that's real and uh, they're coming defensively you know that that's kind of my barometer for the rams being able to dominate in the second half up in seattle week one and so i kind of hang my hat on that the rams sitting at three and three that they're a really good team still although the record doesn't indicate but the reason I bring this up, not to, to re-suffer from Sunday and losing that really tight game <sighs> by a half a point. By the way, Pete Carroll kicks the field goal, which mm. I think on the third, I'm going to bring this one more point up, and then I'm going to get to my real point on the quarterback situation. But it's third and goal from the 19, and they pick up, I think, 13 or yep. 14 and get it down to the six or seven. I, I think if they don't pick anything up with two and change and two timeouts, I think they probably kick the three. They do. Yeah, yeah. they do. So that killed. They do. Yeah, just yeah. A, such a bummer. Did you throw your controller like you did with Damon? I did not. I have learned. I will say this. I hate watching games in public. I'm just that guy I like doing it in my house. But yep. my girlfriend had a um, uh, social situation. We had to go to this local brewery. So I was watching on Sunday Ticket on the phone. And so she's talking to a bunch of people. And I've got the phone because the place we were at didn't have Sunday Ticket. Mm. And they couldn't mm. mirror my screen to one of their mm. screens. So I'm sitting. I've got it posted up on this side. And I contained the entire game until that final play. And I just, I lost my shit. I did. I couldn't yeah. help it. Yeah. That's um, your competitor. Lance, what do we say? You're a competitor. That's what you love to hear, right? Yes. I'm a competitor. I'm yes. a competitor. Hey, so Joe Burrow, though, in between was just lights out against that really good Seattle defense. And we've seen Joe Burrow. I mean, to me, I said last year, I thought he was the best quarterback in the NFL. And then I had to pull back a little bit because Mahomes won another championship. But if I could give you any quarterback in the world mm -hmm. that you've got to have for the next 10 years with a franchise, who would that guy be? In college now or in the NFL? And I assume you'll probably go NFL, more proven uh, commodity. Yeah, I think I probably do take Burrow. I, and I think some of that is what we've seen with Russell and just the legs slowing down. And once Patrick's legs do slow down and they're going to slow down, as many games as he's played and they're just making Super Bowl run after Super Bowl run after Super Bowl run and his ankle and his knee and just, you know, stuff that's going to eventually father time just just wins. And Russell is is a is a maniac when it comes to taking care of himself and he's doing everything imaginable. But at 34, you start to just you do the wear and tear is real. And I think Burroughs game is such now he's taken a beating. In his line the last few years, there's been what 50 sacks. I mean, he takes yeah. he takes shots, he takes hits. So while he may not be the total scrambler in in creator and innovator that Mahomes is, he still his body is is going to take a beating. And and this thought that oh these QBs can play till they're forty because Tom did it and Drew did it, I don't, I don't know about that. And I think we're going to look back and go those guys are pretty rare to get to to get to that stage and get to that age and still perform. But to answer your question, I probably do go Burrow to do what he's Burrow. done at Cincinnati to elevate them to where they've been, Kansas City. It'd been a good program. Alex Smith had taken them to pretty good heights, divisional rounds. Trent Green took them to divisional rounds. Cincinnati was awful, awful, awful this century until Joe Burrow arrived, and he is he's a he's a damn good player. So we had two undefeateds going into Sunday with San Francisco, and they headed into Cleveland to take on a backup quarterback. And look, I know there was key injury to Debo on that first drive, and Christian McCaffrey got nicked up and came out of that game. Mm-hmm. But Jake Moody misses a 41-yard field goal. If he was still at Michigan, I can understand it because that's a college kicker. Um, we had the Jets beat the undefeated Philadelphia Eagles. I think the Jets are better than advertised. With that said, though, you played in this league for a long time. 
it really is true on any given Sunday, anybody can get beat. And that's what's difficult at lanceslock.com is I've got to be able to have this consistency. And we've had that for years, but yeah. people don't understand how trying it is and, and how unpredictable the NFL is. It's, it's yep. amazing. Well, and I think especially Lance in those matchups, when, when you've got elite defensive fronts and Cleveland's an elite top yeah. 10, top five defensive front, the jets are top five, top three defensive front. So when they've got their horses in the stable and it's still first half of the season and everything is still in front of them and there's opportunity and they are, and they're wired to play, and they're going to give their very best shot against the best team in the league and the undefeated team, you better watch out because the, the simplest math equation there is has stood the test of time in football. When four beat five and beat them consistently, you have a chance to win no matter what else goes on. You know, the game that I had up there at Iowa, Wisconsin, you know, their front four with Iowa is real. That front seven is real. They couldn't throw the ball a lick. They threw for 30-something yards. Their offense is horrific. Um, they ran it a little bit, but you play defense and elite defense, great special teams. You have a chance to win. And Cleveland and the Jets certainly express that basic math formula when it comes to football and found a way to, to knock off the undefeated teams. Well, let's let's transition there with Iowa. I think that's, that's a good spot because when you look at the big matchup this weekend, we've got Ohio State hosting Penn State. And you start mm -hmm. to look at James Franklin and how bad he's been against top 10 teams. He's 3-15 and 15 in his career at Penn State against top Top 10 teams. One of the wins was in Columbus back in 2016. Um, this game, though, when you look at everybody's like Ohio State and hadn't played anybody. They did go to Notre Dame and beat Notre Dame. Mm -hmm. So to me, that's mm -hmm. an impressive win. They dominated Maryland in the second half. I think they're playing their best football. But the best win of the two, to me, as bad as Iowa's offense is, for Penn State to be able to beat them 31-0 yep. and go for 400 total yards, you've yep. seen that defense. That defense is real deal. Uh, very real. And to do it with 95 plays, you know, if you're going to do it against Iowa's defense, you're going to have to put together, which they did in that game, a 17 play drive, a 15 play drive, a 14 play drive, a, a 12 play. They did all of that. They scored all those points and had all those possessions and they didn't have one 20 plus yard play. <laughs> Iowa's defense, number one in the country, limiting 20 yard explosive plays, still number one in the country. I think we'll end the season based on their second half of their schedule, number one in the country. Penn State didn't have to rely on that. It wasn't anything fluky. It was, all right, we got to take four, we got to take three, got to take five, got to take five, got to take four, got to take five, you know, and just went methodically down the field. And I would say this about James is a little bit like Jim Harbaugh's record used to be, right? We always look at Harbaugh's record. He beat the teams he's supposed to beat, but then against good teams, can't ever beat them. And what was always the, the bottom line? Well, then have a league quarterback. When you get to those matchups, you need an elite difference-making quarterback. Is the Penn State young man there? Oh, I've watched him two or three times from afar, and I, there's things to like. He's big. He's strong. I think he's pretty tough, but he's going to be thrown in it. Like This is going to be a, a great test for him to see if, if he can take that step because if he does, man, their front, their line, their athleticism, it is toe for toe with Ohio State, if not maybe even a little bit more. Yeah, and I know your network's going to jinx him on Saturday morning. I like Ohio State personally, but I know it's going to roll out there, and I think he's got like, I'm doing this off the cuff, 241 career passes. He's never thrown a pick. Mm. They'll roll that out, and you know what's yeah. coming. Yep, tip. JT yep. is going to tip one to himself and take it to the house. Ohio State, the, 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 you know, just talking to people over the course of the season, and I think there is a belief and a feeling that Ohio State just doesn't have the depth they've had in the past. And well, keep, it, keep an eye it, on that, especially in their front seven. 
Well, the depth, but, you know, everybody's dogging out Kyle McCord. And I, I brought up this today. I said, it's kind of like the Alabama quarterback situation. When you go from all of these elite quarterbacks, mm -hmm. Kyle McCord's good. Yeah, He's just not maybe elite. He's got yep. great receivers. Yep. But when you, you have the C.J. Strouds and the Justin Fields, and then you drop to a Kyle McCord, much like, you know, two on Jalen and Mac Jones, and then you drop to a guy like Jalen Milrow, doesn't yep. mean they're bad quarterbacks. Yep. They could be a good B+. Plus. That's right. That's right. And, you know, they're going to need the rest of the guys to pick them up. And sometimes that does happen, especially if the dudes really love to play with them. Like, this guy is just a great guy. There's Peyton Manning. He didn't win a national title at Tennessee. Who won it? T. Martin. T. Martin wasn't anywhere near the quarterback Peyton was. But, you know, those guys just kind of had to elevate their games around them. And, and I think to a degree, those receivers and some of the skill people know, like, yeah, you know, I mean, Kyle's not going to make every throw that C.J. did. It's certainly in, his, in year one here with some of his inexperience, doesn't have – terrific athleticism he doesn't extend plays he's not a not a creator um, like some of the others have been at Ohio State so a little more limited Milrow's interesting though because he's <laughs> he's the other side of that like he's he's a great runner and just throws a deep ball and yep. how long can they live with that like not a lot of intermediate not a bunch of reading but you know what run it or chuck it and it's gonna be kind of fun to see that play out here in the second half too yeah look and I want to ask you about Bama in one second because I, I think Thinking about going to my first uh, game in Tuscaloosa, at least what? this season. Well, no, I mean, I, I I grew up watching Alabama football and went to school there and all that kind of stuff. I just hadn't been. I'll tell you, the last game I went to on campus, hmm. I think was 2019 Burrow Tua. Mm. And I just don't go to a lot of games, man. I like sitting in my cave, yep. and yep. I just put my six TV in. And so now with the four blocks on uh, on YouTube, I can actually watch at one time 12 games. Wow. which it's just all over the place. But it's more I'm paying attention to one game and sampling everything else. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I like that sports bar feel. And I like drinking my own bourbon, my own beer, and having my bathroom right there. Yeah, so and pretty soon your own passing time. It's coming. Yeah. It's uh, it's in delivery. I do know that. So, so are you going to be watching SC in Utah? Where is that going to be uh, on the Where is that going to be on the 12 box? Oh, fight on it will be sound the entire time. I'll have okay. to really pay attention. So I've got – this isn't a humble brag because, you know, you can buy a TV for 300 bucks now. But I've got a 65 and I've got a 75. So probably the 75 will be you and USC, right. which I'll get to that game in a second. And the 65 will be Ole Miss and Auburn because a lot of people that listen and watch want to know about Ole Miss and Auburn. So that's going to be an important game. Um, so I'm thinking about going to Tuscaloosa, and I do want to circle back on that. Mm -hmm. uh, but before, who is this game more important to in Columbus? Because Ryan Day is taking a hell of a lot of heat, and this guy's record is amazing. Yep. He just is yet to win a national championship, and – if he wouldn't have got so conservative against Georgia, pick up about 10 more yards, I think they win mm. that game last year and they destroy TCU. Yep. So he still has the monkey on the back. But at the same time, I bring this up about James Franklin, and there are a lot of people in the media that believe Penn State is the better team this year. So who has more pressure in this game? Is it Day or is it Franklin? Yeah, I think it is still Ryan Day. When you're just that coach with the expectation, and as you said there, like – Willing to willing to get rid of you because you lost to Michigan the last two years. I mean, that's just the that's just the world you live in. You know, you can't really leave your house. You, get, yeah. So, I, I, and James Franklin's record in against those opponents has been what it is, and I think there's still been some patience to keep building, to keep building, to keep building, and and to keep growing your. And so, yeah, I think there's just a just an unbelievable expectation and burden <laughs> that when you're the coach of Ohio State after what Urban did and the standards said and what Ryan continued that that's that's it man like it's national championships it's beat Michigan win national championship and everything else is a failure don't think it's quite to that standard in Happy Valley 
So last year in Knoxville, and I was up there for this game, uh, it, it, I mean, just an amazing game where mm-hmm. Tennessee wins 52 to 51, something like that. Yeah. Uh, last second kick. Last time, Will Reichert, Alabama's kicker, missed a kick. I think he's hit 26 consecutive, which he'll be jinxed soon on that, too, because go. they're going to throw that, that out Shit, there. Right. But Tennessee, you know, able last year to have Hendon Hooker and Jalen Hyatt and these great weapons and the high-powered offense, you know, running 85 players plays a game, scoring 45-plus points. Now they're doing it with defense. And I read something mm-hmm. this morning, and really interesting. I thought A&M was going to beat them this past weekend. But Tennessee wins the game 20-17, to 17, and it was – the or 20-13 – to 13, the first time in Josh Heupel's coaching career at both Central Florida and Tennessee that he's ever won a game where he scored under 30 points. Wow. Wow. But my point there is, <laughs> is now this guy's recruiting the defense. If he can sure. get that entire package together, sure. watch out. I think Heupel can coach. Uh, yep. But this game on Saturday, 2.30, uh, CBS, big game for both teams because loser's going to be out with two losses. How do you see this one playing out? Do you think Tennessee has a legitimate shot? Yeah, I think I think so. Uh, I, I'd like to see more from Milton. Remember Milton all summer long? Remember the YouTube videos of him at Peyton's camp? And and I've, I talked to Peyton about it, and he's like, dude, it's just, I mean, it's it's silly how he can throw a football. I had him yeah, at but Michigan. By the way, I didn't think that was a big of a deal. Like, there's a YouTube video of him throwing an orange uh-huh. 100 yards. Uh-huh. Back in the day, I think I could have – I'm not being Uncle Reno here. I think yeah. I could have thrown an orange. Orange, well, that's not that big of a deal. First of all, it's Rico. It's not Reno. And oh, secondly, Rico. no, you we've had him not. on the show, by the way. Yeah. Secondly, you could not have thrown a hundred yards. I'm sorry. It, it, maybe you were a great baseball player and you could throw it 90 miles an hour. And if so, then I'll eat my words. Okay. But, here, yeah. here was what I used to do. I swear. So we had okay. a right field porch that was 300 and we had a 10 foot fence in right field. And I would stand at home plate and I could throw a baseball from home plate over the 300. All my kids souls. Okay. So I, you know, and maybe I mean I just had one of those baseball sure. arms. It just didn't loose, equate to good yeah. pitching, yeah. But I mean, yeah. I played right field. Yeah. And again, all right, this all right. Is not a humble okay. brag. Okay, but Reno I know or Rico or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just think Joe Milton, if you can throw yeah. a football 80, 80 yards, I just think throwing an orange a hundred hundred yards is not that big of a deal. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, it, it's certainly more impressive to throw the football eighty yards because I think yeah. there's more men, more baseball players that could throw an orange a hundred yards than there are those guys that throw a football. 80. I mean, that just is and Michael Penix is the same way. I, I wrote a little piece on Michael Penix and, and I know we're not talking Huskies right now. We're talking a little SEC in Tennessee, but yeah, those guys are just, they're, they're the whole QB position, man. It's just the, the way these guys can spin the ball today. And again, the Manning Academy and all those guys have been through there through all of these years. Peyton would tell you the same thing. If he's on with you today, he's just like, yeah, man, every single year, these guys just continue to grow and push the envelope. And, and so this is a big one for Milton and for the NFL, right? Cause there was a lot of rumblings and this is going to be a great draft class. We're going to spend time. I'm yeah. sure this spring and hopping on your show and talking about these prospects. Cause it is Baskin Robbins, man. There are a lot of different flavors that are emerging. And if Joe Milton wants to be any part of that, this is one where you've got to stand and deliver a little bit more. It is Unlocked with Fox's Brock Hewitt. I'm Lance Taylor from the next round. It is on Disrupt the Media. Like and subscribe. It is always brought to you by our friends at MyBookie.ag. When you check out at MyBookie.ag, put in that promo code next round. They're going to hook you up with that checkout bonus at MyBookie.ag. Speaking of one of those quarterbacks, everybody projects Caleb's going to go number one overall. I have never seen a Lincoln Riley offense or Caleb Williams under center Looked that bad. I mean, five turnovers. They gave up a 99-yard kick return. The defense played winning football, in my opinion. Gave up a couple of big plays, but overall, 
you will take that most nights with USC. Um, yep. Caleb Williams, and, and somebody brought this up on the show today, against top 25 defenses, how bad he has been. Mm. And you might know these numbers exactly, but he's going to see a top 25 defense in the Coliseum where you will be on Saturday night. He is, and, and what a lot of those top 25 – 25 defenses do is pressure the quarterback and I want to say he's 175th against pressure this year like fourth worst in all of college football with all the QBs that have played so when he is pressured he is just trying to do way too much and you know the the, the numbers plummet there because that's where all the interceptions and the turnovers have come the fumble and the picks is you get people in his face and you get pressure and their line is very average Lance, I, I, I'm going to, you know, just the, of all the elite teams we've seen this season, the Ohio States, Texas, the Michigans, uh, I will go very much on record here and say this is, they are the smallest team. Now, they're no longer elite. They've fallen all the way to 18, and we've seen them each week kind of drop in the rankings because they've just not played team ball, complimentary ball, not been impressive. Offensively, the last couple of weeks, Arizona got after them, and certainly Notre Dame totally humbled them. But they're small. Their D-line is 6'2 259. And that includes Bear at 300 pounds. He's only 300-pounder in their group. Their linebackers are 6'1", 220. I mean, they're just small. Their DBs are small. Their O-line, their center's 285. They're, I think their O-line barely averages 300 pounds, if, if, they, if that. So Utah has won this matchup the last three times. They have just been a straight heavyweight. It has been Big Daddy you know, Foreman just throwing big haymakers and, and owning the line of scrimmage and dominating them. Now, Cam Rising's been a part of it and, and a huge part of it. I doubt he plays this week. And so it's going to be just, will the heavyweight beat the middleweight? And can that heavyweight get to Caleb the way they did last year in Salt Lake, the way they did in the Pac-12 title game? Can they pressure him? Because if they can pressure him, and that's where the NFL dudes are watching right now, right? You, you mentioned about top 20 defenses. How about versus pressure? Because you know what you see in the NFL? Pressure. You know what you have in the NFL? People in your face. You know what you have in the NFL? Pockets of collapse. You know what you have in the NFL? Really elite defenses. So he's he's going to have to, um, second half of this season, if he's going to get himself back in the Heisman race, if SC's going to get to that championship game and into a playoff, he is going to have to handle that pressure so much better. You mentioned the Utes have won three consecutive against USC, but last year regular season was just an incredible game that came down to a two-point conversion. First half of Pac-12 championship, USC dominated. Yeah. I thought that game was over, and then they forgot how to tackle, which – they did for the better half of uh, most of the year last year. Uh, but going back, I, Utah, outside of the 2021 win in the Coliseum, the last time they won there was 1916. And look, these are all new players outside of some of the guys that are banged up right now, yep. which it seems like Utah's entire team is banged up. <laughs> yeah. um, there's a reason I think USC is a six-and-a-half-point favorite. I mean, it's I'm not going to say it's hard for me to see Caleb – well, it is hard for me to see Caleb Williams look that bad in back-to-back -back games – is there not a way if you're Lincoln Riley, you can negate that pass rush? You've got so much skill on the yes. perimeter that, you know, quick hits, whatever yep. you got to do to slow that down. Because when you get those guys in space, they can make big time plays. Yeah. I mean, I think that's going to be a huge answer. It's just to play on time and play on rhythm. Just get the ball out of your hands, get to those jet sweeps, get to the bubble screens, get to some shots. But I'll tell you what Arizona did and what Notre Dame did even more is they came up and pressed those guys and they came up and, and got in their face. And Jordan Addison a year ago ran by everybody and is doing a great job in the NFL. We're not, we're not seeing it. There was a ton of hype and attention going into the best receiving core USC ever had. I think I even told you, like internally, they really felt that way. But right now, they've been challenged. Right now, they're getting pressed. Right now, people are coming up in their face and, and attacking them. 
Utah's corners are a little bigger, a little longer. They're not quite what Notre Dame's guys are. So we'll see whether or not Morgan Scally will roll the dice. I'll say this, in their two matchups last year, almost 20% cover zero, all out blitz. When that, when that little sucker over there, Morgan Scally, former safety for <laughs> yeah. Utah, he's on the sidelines. He, he, he's, he's awesome. Him and Lincoln are just, it's an incredible chess match, match to watch. But when he has, you know, the game on the line, when he has a big play to make, you know what's coming. He is going to bring that heat, going to bring that pressure, and it will be, yeah, gosh, it's going to be fun to watch Saturday. Yeah, I'm just a little surprised that Dorian Singer hasn't been more of an Correct. impact guy. Correct. You, know, you go out, you get him from Arizona, and I know Jed Fish would love to have that guy still in Tucson. I, I tell people all the time that don't watch USC, like Brendan Rice has become their big play guy. Yep. And he looks like he looks like an NFL. I mean, obviously he's not going to be his dad, but he looks like a guy that could be a third option in the NFL. Yeah, hands are a little limited, right? There's been more drops than you kind of want to see with Brendan. And, and you're right, Singer just is not coming up and attacking him, and he's just not winning either with physicality or violence or speed or twitch or some of these things that you really thought, like, oh man, you can come up and press me. I'm throwing it right over your head. So. Yeah, that'll be a little bit of the game, I think, Saturday, is how much of that can they play in rhythm and get the guys in space and get them out on the track, which they did to Utah at times last year, especially the first matchup and in the first half of the championship game versus how much can Utah just play this thing in the cage, man? They UT, right, they, they have the speedway there at the Coliseum in the offseason. NASCAR comes in there, right? And that's what SC wants it, man. They want it full throttle, just speedway. And, you know, Utah would like it like a WWE ring or, you know, uh, uh, a UFC fight. They, they want that thing in the cage. So it'd be a fascinating back and forth to see which style will ultimately win out. It's Unlocked with Fox's Brock here. Just a few more moments here. It is brought to you by Lance'sLock.com. Jump on board. Major League Baseball playoffs. NBA starts up in just a few days. We've got NFL coming up this weekend. Of course, College football, all of it, we will win for you at lanceslock.com. So we asked weird questions on the next round, and one of the questions that was thrown out there today was, if you had all of your taxes paid and your mortgage was paid off, what is one major city you still would not live in? And I lived in L.A. for a minute, and I thought about L.A., mm. but Chicago was my answer in a couple of reasons. I love Chicago in the summer. I love going. I try to go every summer. I think it's an incredible place. I think really good people. But it's way too cold, way too much wind, and way too much crime now for me. Yeah. Um, and the reason I throw this out is you're heading to L.A. obviously this weekend. Do you like L.A. and do you have go-to places in L.A.? Ooh, that's a good question. I love where a lot of the USC coaches live, which is Palos Verdes. Uh, <laughs> I have fallen in love with a resort called the Terranea out there that once you get through there and once you get out there, you're like, this isn't LA. Like, this is just beautiful. And I'm a huge fan. I don't know if you've ever been to Cabo. You ever yeah. been down? To, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that kind of it's it kind of reminds me of like getting to Cabo, and it's like, man, this is now this is living right here. Yeah, it's the quiet. Sea of Cortez. Oh, the water, it's just beautiful. The rest of L.A., that's, yeah, that's a little fast for me, my friend. I wonder where Detroit fit with some of your peers. Oh, well, I mean, that was obvious. I didn't think Detroit was okay. in the mix. Well, that's uh, funny. So I got a question for you then. We had a weird one on our morning show that, uh, because we do a segment called Mean Tweets once a week, and that you know, my producer and our board op read these Mean Tweets that I get every single weekend from fans. And, of course, you know, I was really biased towards Iowa. I wanted to marry them and do other things with them, yada, yada, yada. <laughs> so then it got us thinking, if you could marry a state, which which state would be a great spouse? Oh, wow. 
Uh, Which state would Lance marry if he oh could marry? I'm probably going to have to think about this for a little yeah. bit because Texas is too big and too loose. I think Florida's uh -huh. too schizophrenic. Uh huh. A little too tacky for me. Yeah. Um, California is just uh, not to bring politics in it to it, but yeah. Just, yeah. Know, people are yeah. just nuts. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to mate like that. Oh gosh, <laughs> I got to go. Something maybe Montana. Okay. Yeah. 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 A little gritty. A little tough. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure well. I, I like my my women to tie. Hey, back to a manscaped. Yes. I like my women uh, with the old Mach three. Okay, I'm not. To, don't don't bring back the old hip to hip for me. So uh -huh. Uh -huh. I don't know what you're gonna get in Montana. But no, thank you. What state did you marry? Oh, uh, I said Wisconsin would be a little underrated. Like she'd take care of you. She'd be a great spouse. You know, oh, but I bet her breath would smell of beer and cheese. Yeah, and probably some curds, and it'd be a little chilly. North Carolina is an, an obvious one. North Carolina is. Yeah. A sweetheart and just a sweet, you know, just a sweet spouse and got a lot to offer, a lot of beauty, a lot of things yeah. going on in Carolina. Don't sleep on Tennessee, though, or Kentucky. like Or me, Alabama. I know you yeah. haven't spent a lot of time here. No, I've been to Bama. I've been to we, Bama a handful we got, of times. We got good women here. Yeah. So I got two weird ones from you, or for you. Uh, in and out or not? Oh, big, big. Yeah, big me too. Not. Yeah. Really Man, my co-host is, yeah. I mean, they've, they've come back a little bit, but they were like, that's the most overrated fast food nope. in the world. And I'm like... There's a reason there is a, a yep. huge line every good. time you go. It's so French fresh. fries aren't good. French fries aren't good. I'll give your co-host that. French fries are cardboard, but the burger, pretty oh. fresh, pretty darn good. Okay. Yeah, what other good. one? You got one more? The other the one, up. yeah. Last question. Uh, so back to your original city, uh, Seattle. Yeah. Best movie or television show to ever come out of there. And the reason I ask you is I I, I do a little show with Tom Luganbill from ESPN every week. Mm -hmm. And uh, I brought up this show this week. So I want to see what you say, movie or or television show to come out of Seattle. Well, Sleepless in Seattle is the obvious. Frasier was pretty darn good, and Grey's Anatomy is probably the winner. Uh, Did I, I hit on the, any of those? No, I went The Killing from 2011 on AMC. Oh, Did you geez. ever see it? No. Wow. Oh, you Next. need to watch this. I mean, do you like like uh, dramas, thrillers? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They, can, they can hold my attention. Yeah. Yeah, so this, this girl goes missing, um, so they're trying to investigate her death. These, okay. uh, this this guy and this girl, um, and it, it goes over two seasons, but it shows all of the beautiful landscape of Seattle. Mm. It goes into some of the Indian Reservation casinos. Mm. Um, the weather is part of it, how dreary it is. Oh, yeah. It's just it's a really dark, gritty drama, okay. and it right. is fantastic. But I highly recommend The Killing. Okay. I think it's the best Kill. thing I've ever seen. I'll see First of all, I don't like rom-coms, so I'm not a – I saw Sleepless in Seattle. I never saw the the follow up. You've got mail. Okay. I've never seen an episode of Grey's Anatomy. Okay. And no. what was the other one? Frasier. Not a big Frasier guy. Oh no, I like Fra. You know they rebooted it. Okay. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. Yeah, Paramount Plus. They've got uh, the new Frasier. So Kelsey okay. Grammer is back. Okay. And I think he's living with his uh, neurotic son. That's going to shock you. Oh, interesting. All but right. I saw a preview the other day for it. So Frasier's okay. back. Shout out to Seattle. And was there Harry and the Hendersons, I think, too, maybe up yep. there? I don't know. Yeah, John Lithgow played a uh, yeah. Sasquatch. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. There you go. Wow, hey, this uh, thing took quite a turn today. It always but does. You never, you never know what's coming. Right. Uh, <laughs> I like unlocked. the NFL. <laughs> Brought to you by mybookie.ag. Put in that promo code next round. They're going to hook you up with the sign-up bonus. Safe travels. I know you can't give us your prediction, but fight on. USC doesn't need to lose this one. I want them to at least roll into November with a, a slim – hope of getting to their first ever college football playoff yeah got uh got a tackle 
got to tackle defensively. You mentioned that earlier. Somehow, I think they have slowed down some of their scheme. I think at times they were just trying to do way too much defensively. So slow down defensively and tackle. And then offensively, they've got to get back to to being who they are. And that is just, as I said, full throttle, step on the gas and get those boys running. Because that guy, Branch, that freshman, it's the first one that that looks like he looks like Bush. I mean, he looks like Reggie. Yeah. He just has a different gear when he's in the open field. And I have a sense they want to try to utilize him a lot Saturday night. Okay. Safe travels. Enjoy in and out. We'll talk to you next week. All That's right. Rock See you, buddy. Fox Unlocked right here on Disrupt the Media.